Okay, well, we, um, we've got uh, a great guest sitting here. We have, actually have two people sitting here. We have Andrea Rela, who uh, does great tax work. And I will confess that, uh, or disclose, that when I was the proprietor of the Heartland, uh, she was very helpful in at least keeping the taxes not overwhelming, plenty of taxes. And uh, you brought along with yourself uh, April William Luster, who is your campaign manager. Tell us what you've got going on. Well, thanks for inviting me back here today. Uh, <coughs> when I appeared on the last time, I got a, a real good reception. Uh, of what the message we had to bring. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm running for the Cook County Assessor's Office. I alluded to that back in May. And, um, of course, yes, I have run a, you know, successful property tax appeal business for 25 years, but I also worked at the Cook County Board of Review under Commissioner Pat Quinn and then worked for the Harold Washington administration when he invited me over to work in the Taxpayer Advocate Office, the new so office. So you know your stuff. I, I do, and I help a lot of folks out. Now, we are, you know, the, the work that we did, we, we handled a lot of small homeowners, and there are problems with assessments on small homeowners. I'm talking about homes that are valued at 70000 to about 250000 Those homes historically have been overassessed. Now this has all come into fruition when the Tribune did a three, you know, the three-part series, the Great Tax Divide, and it showed that through this uh, formula that was supposed to be established and put in by the Cook County Assessor, that was done by the University of Chicago, that showed that there is a huge divide. That homes that are market valued at you know 100,000 to 250,000 are assessed above their sale price. Their statutes say assess them at 10% of their sales. So we see a great divide there where we see those being assessed greater than 10%, 11, 12, 15, 20%, and the larger homes being assessed below 10% at 7, 8, 9%. So you're saying that the lower income people get taxed by uh, this formula that is incorrect and get- it burns the, the masses while alleviating the the pressure on the uppers. They get clobbered, but they are not sophisticated to know that they can file on their own, and we give these seminars that explain how they can file on their own, but you know, sometimes people need a little help. I can't do my own income tax, so I hire out. So people need services, but guess what? Do you think that someone who owns a $100,000 to a $200,000 home can afford a tax attorney to lower their taxes, even if their taxes are off by $900 or $1,000? That means a lot to them. But you're not going to get a tax lawyer wanting to service those people. Those people are underserved, and they're overtaxed. And that was very clear in the study that was done in May. And we did a similar study done in 1993. This study I co-authored with the former comptroller of the city of Chicago under Harold Washington. It was called Taxation Without Explanation, the Illinois Property Tax System, sponsored by the Taxpayer Federation. We saw the same results there minority neighborhoods, brown and black neighborhoods, being overtaxed compared to the white Let me ask you a question. You know, we had a a person in that position before Joe Berrios, uh, Jim Houlihan, who was a pretty good guy, but was was that formula in a place then? Or how does Jim fit into this? James Houlihan knew that those minority communities were being overtaxed. That's why it was Jim who initiated the study 
asked MacArthur Foundation to do the study and come up with a formula that would fix the problem. So Jim started it, and then the formula was correct was done, and it was handed over to the assessor's office under Joe Berrios to implement. And Joe Berrios sent out a newsletter saying, news release, we've got a great formula. We're not going to, you know, this is going to fix the system. We're not going to overburden minority communities and favor the wealthy. This is going to fix the system. But he didn't implement it. And now he's postponed it again and now after the election? After the big hearing before the Cook County Commission, uh, they said, okay, well, we, we're not certain that this University of Chicago's formula and study is correct. We need to investigate this. So they hired an independent agency to oversee that study. And there's been studies after studies showing that this is a problem. It's just numbers. It's easy numbers. It's sales ratios and it's regression analysis. But they are now doing the study of the study, and that study is being delayed because Joe Berrios' office will not give them the data in order for them to start the study. Is this Joe Berrios the same Joe Berrios as also the head of the Democratic Party? There you go. Whoa. And I I can tell you this, with the pay-to-play system that the property tax system is in, when Joe Berrios won in 2009, and I knew that he was the Cook County Democratic Party, I knew he would raise millions by Cook County tax lawyers that practice in the system. And that's why I ran in 2009. I didn't, didn't they kick you off the ballot? I was kicked off the ballot, yes. But now... It was lonely out there, too, because I was the only one running, except for Al Safer, who was up at Safar at, um, in Oak Park, the township uh, assessor there. If, but it was lonely. If you get on the ballot this time, you'll be the first woman who ran for that office. That's correct. The office was established in 1932. There have been nine men who have been elected over these 85 years. Nine men over 85 years. I keep that position, and guys. I, I'm I'm in for the first Cook County Democratic candidate to run in this office and for this office. And I've been to all kinds of events. I was at the Helen Schiller event last night. Lots of progressives there. Walked out with 300 signatures, but could hardly get one elected official to sign my petition. Because they're scared of Berrios. That Berrios holds the reins. He's the one responsible for sleeting the Michael Madigans and the Ed Burks and all those lawyers who are benefiting from tax. Ed Burks. And, and <laughs> myself, we are required in a county race to collect 8,000 signatures. So, of course, I've got to double and triple that. But the the uh, mayor's, uh, the uh, governor's office and the attorney general, they have to collect 5,000 signatures. And then Statewide. Statewide. <laughs> and I have to collect more than them, 8,000. It's ridiculous. And then you have, you have elected officials who put five names to a petition so they only have to get these five signature you know 5000 signatures and this last petition that's being circulated Joe Barrios is on that and um, Tony Preckwinkle Joe Barrios Karen Yarbrough, Tom Dar and Maria Pappas are on the Democratic slate for Cook County officials um, petition so when you pa- circulate the petition and you sign that petition you're signing for all of those so he doesn't personally have to circulate to get 8000 himself because he's joined in with the other individual. So Tony Preckwick will circulate, Tom Dart, Maria Pappas, Karen Yarbrough. So all of them, that one signature is for all of them. So they all have to just get 1,000 signatures apiece, right? And back in 2009, it was the same thing. You had 
Who do yeah, we have? David Orr, Joe Berrios, Maria Pappas, and others on the, on the um, petition. So it's a grueling campaign here to get on that ballot. You're out every day, morning, noon, and night, getting signatures and hopefully going into progressive places that will get, allow you to cir- circulate. But then you're met with a legion of lawyers, election lawyers headed up by the Democratic Party, that will scrutinize those signatures and take them off if need be. We had that experience when we were dealing with the charter school referendum in Rogers Park. And the first time we had we had plenty of signatures, but we got beat bad by these lawyers knocking people off. So we came back with more signatures. Hopefully you don't have to go through that. Who else is running besides Berrios? There is um, a fellow in Oak Park, and his name is Fritz Kagan. 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 And he, he says he's a progressive, too, and he does have some support already from some progressives. So we have two progressives looking to knock off Joe Berrios. Give him a run for his money. You got, it'll be, a, you know, we'll be on that ballot, and you'll see, depending on the ballot position, you'll see two, two men and, and myself. Uh, the, go ahead, Tom. How, how do you respond to critics who feel with two progressive candidates running against Berrios, he'll get in? because you'll split the progressive vote. Well, when I was on another radio station, uh, Fritz Which called one? in. Well, I have to say WVOZ. Yeah, great. Whatever. WVON. W- yeah. I was in uh, WCEV, Chicago's ethnic voice. But anyway. We like radio, all of them. And, okay. and um, no turf war there. Um, <laughs> but he called in, and he said, uh, and they, they poised the question to him. So, you know, are you going to split the progressive vote? And, you know, maybe somebody should step out. And he said, absolutely not. That technical stuff. No, I think it's fine. I think we're fine. We're, we're both running. That's his opinion. Does the winner have to get 50% or would there be a runoff? It could be a runoff. Okay. Could be a runoff. And uh, I... Go, go ahead. How do you... I, we kind of skipped over this part before, but I want to get a little bit back into this pay-for-play dynamic we have going on here because I'm a little afraid that some of our listeners all the stuff about assessments they begin to just kind of uh, tune out but the politics of this might be more curious there was another story this week about how Alderman Burke has taken on yet another tax appeal for Trump Tower because certain retail spaces in a hotel aren't quite running up as well Um, I don't know the particular numbers but Trump Tower has gotten previous assessment forgiveness if i can put it that way uh thanks to the good offices of alderman burke um i've always thought this is one of the most unethical parts of an unethical immoral system of governance that we have in this county and in this state but what would you do if you're elected to actually prevent tax attorneys from double dipping the way madigan burke and others now cullerton i guess has a growing business in this arena why is it that all these legislative leaders feel they can legislate as well as benefit on the side from huge fees? I have been a longtime supporter, an active supporter for campaign finance reform. Okay, I'm big on that and have done things with Doris Granny Deed Haddock, who walked across the country at the age of 100 for campaign finance reform and got the McCain-Feingold bill passed. Now, we have a system that accepts 
sky's the limit how much money a tax lawyer or tax consultant can contribute to the assessor's office and the board of review. And I will be the first to admit that, yes, I've also gone to their fundraisers and contributed, but not as significantly as some of the other large fellows who are dropping in hundreds of thousands of dollars. I, if elected assessor, just like in my 2009 platform, I would curb it and say you cannot give more than $750 per office during that season. And Dan Biss is uh, advocating for a bill that says that exact same thing. Limit the campaign contributions. But I would go one more step ahead. Something radical. We need to have radical change in this system. And I would urge that the legislature appoint the Cook County Assessor. No more elected Cook County Assessor appoint him and take the money right out of those pockets. How does that money go in there? Every triannual reassessment, we get these notices that says our market values are going to go up and your market value is going to go up 25%, 30%, 40%, 50%, 75%. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Those are the values that jump up every three years, no matter where you are in the county. I would propose that the values do not increase in a triannual reassessment more than 15% or indexed to the consumer price uh, index. And, and that, except for if you just purchased your home, they can tax you at the 10% rate of your home. But I would curb those reassessment increases because when those increases jump up 50%, you're, you're hiring a lawyer hoping to not see your tax bill go from $5,000 to $10,000. You save the $5,000 and you give half of it to the tax lawyer. So you gotta curb those triannual reassessment increases. Andrea, let me ask you, for people who don't own a home, why is this important to them? It's critical to them because if they are renters and they have businesses where they're the tenant that is liable for the property taxes, it matters to them. Their rents go up by a percentage of the what the property taxes go up. And we have also seen a reversal of multi-unit housing that have gone into the Class 9 incentive program, where that incentive program lowers those multi-unit housings that are usually on the west and south side, occupied by single moms with children, and might have a voucher or two. Those Class 9 properties have been lowered through this incentive program, that incentive program was completely removed in 2017. So you have landlords, good landlords, having affordable multifamily housing for the West Side, Inglewood, Austin, Pullman, that have been pulled out of that class nine and their tax bills have gone from 20,000 to 90 to 150,000. Real quickly, how is this uh how does all this affect both Rogers Park, where a lot of us are based, and uh, Pilsen, who our next guest is going to talk about gentrification there? Let me tell you that homes that are assessed anywhere between homes that have market values from $60,000 to $200,000 are assessed not at the statutory level of 10%, but at, at 11, 12, 14, 15, and 20% in some cases. Other homes, Higher than that, they're assessed not at 10%, but sometimes at 976. So you have vulnerable communities in Pilsen and in Rogers Park and even in Edgewater where homeowners are brand new. They own a new condo for sixty dollars or $100,000. They are going to be clobbered with higher than statutory assessments with this new formula. And what's concerned is there is a, uh, a storm coming down 
and it's being aimed at Rogers Park because Rogers Park and the Pilsen community, they're going to get their reassessment notices in January of 2018 with that faulty formula in it. We need to hold back those triennial assessment notices and not send them out in January until that formula is fixed. And right now the formula is, you know, not getting looked at. It's not getting reviewed because he stalled the review of that formula. So the Tribune keeps on the case. The (laughs) Tribune, by the way, is suing for the formula. They asked the assessor's office for the formula they would not provide the formula so they are suing for the formula but in 1991 eric zorn wrote an article about the exact same thing fast assessments don't add up and there was a taxpayer in 1991 who asked for the formula he was a professor he wanted that 14 digit algebraic formula they gave him about nine digits of it and they wouldn't give him any of the rest and the response to the assessor from the assessor's office says, your enjoyment of the sausage will not be enhanced by knowing how it's made. Mm. Wow. Andre and April, thank you so much for joining us this morning on Live from the Heart. And you've been listening to Live from the Heartland on 88 points. I just want to make one comment. When you ask Andrew whether there'll be a runoff, it's just the majority in the um, primary will go on to be your Democratic candidate for the general election. So there won't be a runoff when you vote oh. for the primary. Well, thank you very much. That's different than the aldermanic races. Yeah, it's different than the aldermanic. Okay. It's almost like the presidential. It's just like the presidential. You've been listening to Live from the Heartland at 88.7 FM. Please check us out on Facebook or livefromtheheartland.com for archived.